Welcome to Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, and 100% trauma. De- definitely this time, I think. Yeah, this one is essentially like a, a therapy session at one point. Yeah, we'll get into it. My name's Joe. I use any and all pronouns. Uh, my name's Chris. I use he and him pronouns. Both of them. Yep. Two you for really the price couldn't. of one. It'd just be hard with only the one. We are here. We're back. It's episode 16 of the podcast and the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. And it's the amount of time that Shinji can survive inside of an angel. Yeah. Fuck, you're right. Synchronicity. Yeah. Shit. I like to imagine that the writer is like, fuck, I need an arbitrary number to say how long he gets. So I was like, oh, this is the 16th script. Done. There it is. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, before I get into the recap, it is my turn. Do you, or, do you want to do initial thoughts before or after? Uh, let's do, let's do after. Okay. I don't know if we have, like, a set thing, but this is the first time I've thought, man, I, w- I just want to know. Like, <laughs> it's just all I can think about is what? There was a point in this episode where Chris just went, uh, and I... <laughs> And I'm going to remember that, and I'm hoping it happens in, like, every episode after this. Did I? Yes, when the angel first shows up. I think I said, whoa. Um, It might have just, yeah, it might have cut off in Discord, but I just heard it. uh, uh. Which, I mean, both both are accurate. Yeah, both fit. So, this one, episode 16. Uh, First title, uh, the wiki says, in sickness unto death, and um, I don't remember what we saw. I think it was, like, sudden illness, and then... Yeah, sudden illness, uh, then, da da da. Because I remember thinking it could mean, like, sudden illness and then, or, like, ah, a subtle illness then. Like, it's like, a, it's like it could have been either one, because there wasn't an and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second title is Splitting of the Breast. But in this episode... I had a real quick, just quick tangent. Sure. I, I had a realization uh, during this episode of what, a, a potential explanation for the two different titles per episode. Okay. This was a manga, correct? Um... Ridge, like, the first seven episodes are kind of an adaptation, and then it kind of gets its own path after that. Okay, well, recently I was, like, rereading some old, like, Dragon Ball Z manga, and I came to the realization that, like, the actual chapters that were released in Shonen Jump are, like, really short, and so your average anime episode was, like, two of them, and so that would make sense why there would be two, if they put two, two chapters of the manga together to make one episode, it would explain why there's two titles. That, I mean, that might have been why it started. Right, and then I, once you're that no part of the show, now. you just keep you just keep the two titles going. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I of all the of all the shonen anime I've watched that is adaptation, like One Piece and Naruto, I know that a lot of them do have like two full sentences. Um, that are oh. I, I would I would believe if that's why. Uh, yeah, I never thought they about do that, that. As an explanation. I think I noticed that at one point watching Naruto, and I was like, that's like two full ass sentences that Naruto yeah. just yelled at me. I just want to watch Rock Lee drop the weights. Sure, we all do. Also, I thought it was weird, like, in One Piece, there will be long periods of time where Luffy is not on screen, but he is still the one yelling it. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, this one, Neon Genesis Evangelion. What's the... I feel like there's something that happens before the... Oh, it starts in the apartment, in which very pointedly and candidly, Asuka yells at Shinji for... always apologizing yeah like i think something's in the bathroom and she comes out to yell at him and he just says i'm sorry she's like why are you always sorry um why is that your your default response to all confrontations and he apologizes for it and just very laid bare his 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 where was oscar my whole life when i needed to learn that lesson like way before i actually did i should have watched this as a kid and like been called out i don't know if you should have watched this as a kid well but i I do think (laughs) But it is it is very poignant to look back on for sure. Yeah, I didn't learn the whole like uh, apologizing too much thing till like the last like two years. So it would have been helpful to have this this guide sooner. We'll 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 get into the uh, all all the trauma in this one for sure. This is this is just like a a briefer for the for the, before we get into it. Yeah, but this is your trauma hors d'oeuvre. Yeah, uh, and Masato is there. She's just listening to it, and then is is trying to get Shinji just to 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 have some slack cut for him. And Asuka's like, why are you so nice to him? Just because you're, you know, hooking back up with Kaji and things are good for you again doesn't mean you get to go light on everyone. And she's like, I'm not with, I'm not with Kaji. But then her phone rings and he leaves a voicemail about a date. So that's, I don't know what is or isn't because it's not on screen. And then we go to 
nerve where they're doing a, a synchronization test for all three of our pilots and Shinji gets top marks of the three and Masato tells him and he's so stoked about that seems to be I don't know if this is the first time we've seen genuine joy from him but it's it it feels new that yeah, he's one of the few yeah she says in English you are number one and he's so stoked about it uh Asuka's really pissed off about it she complains to Ray, who could not give less of a shit and just leaves their their like little dressing room. She does stop to say goodbye, and then he we see a shot of Shinji on the bus, just like I don't know how to describe it, just like squeezing an invisible stress ball. Pretty much, he's just like moving his hand back and forth, and he seems to be like we don't know what he's thinking, but it seems to be he's happy about his situation, his accomplishments. We see some kids laugh at him for who knows why, and he is very taken aback by it. Uh, that tiny scene I feel like we could unpack for this whole episode too but then the episode does it for us so it's fine eventually an angel shows up or there's a there's a warning of an angel and when it shows up it's just this big orb in the sky that is I I don't know how to describe it it's just there's a lot of it's it's an it's a ball shaped angel that's uh has the symbiote suit on it's a big venom ball yeah it's it's all black and white with like waves all over it it looks kind of like it's an optical illusion of some sort it was cool when the Eminem song kicked on when they when that showed up. I thought that was cool and ahead of its time. Well, yeah, when the credits started rolling and I heard Eminem rapping at me, I thought, yeah, you know, <laughs> the flying to the moon like <laughs> images are still playing, but it's like, Ba-dum! yeah, this is this is knocking down half a star on Letterboxd now that I think about <laughs> it. Anyways, that it shows up. That was when I thought I heard Chris say, uh, but I guess it was a whoa. And it's just, you know, it's just vibing. It's just floating through. It has a very different energy on like on screen than Ramiel, even though they're both just kind of objects in the sky. Or well, at least they both seem that way. Uh, then we see the angel, not the angel. We see the Ia, the Evas go out to to fight them. Uh, they're like hiding behind buildings to to get into position. Uh, Misato starts telling them the, the plan, but uh, Asuka says uh, very snarkily that uh, Shinji should be the point person in this one, since he's the top, top mark person in that previous test. Shinji being annoyed says, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. And like confidently says to like Misato and on the whole like group call, essentially uh, that he's like, you you said I was number one. Like I can do it. I'll show you how a man's supposed to do it. And uh, it's, everyone's kind of like unsure of this. If this is a good idea. They're acting without Misato's direct guidance. Uh, Ritsuko makes some remark about how he's acting more manly lately. I I do want to just underpin this show with just the reoccurring theme of Shinji gets confident about something. It manifests itself in a form of toxic masculinity. He is immediately hoisted by his own petard. Like that happens at least three times, if I can think of. But then happens in this one because he goes, he, he starts going rogue. He goes rogue nation. <laughs> ghost ghost protocols and he he goes to shoot at the angel he's like he's waiting for asuka and ray to get like to cover him but they're not moving as quickly as he wants them to because everyone has big you know power cables plugged into their back they're running slow shinji just goes for it and shoots at the big orb but then it just immediately disappears instant transmission when he shoots it and then a big black shadow appears under him that he just starts sinking into like a, just a big void. Uh, I looking back at this now, I'm like, Oh, this is a weird, like it visually it reminds me of Blackbeard's power in one piece. It's also very similar to vanilla ice slash creams power in Jojo part three. Uh, but it's very, very terrifying that just a big shadow appears and then just starts sucking everything in and Shinji can't get out. Uh, the eject pod, thing that nerves trying to, to do to save Sinji doesn't work uh, and then he goes into it and he's gone forever and the show is over there's like it's just a long period of time of them talking about trying to get him back I don't like a lot of it's just kind of technical language I don't know if there's yeah, much for me to recap they were there ta- they're talking about how he'd have to use potatoes to survive and like math he'd have to do to return back home uh Matt Damon took over as Shinji for a couple frames I wish I got this joke. These are Martian jokes, kids. Okay. <laughs> Donald Glover comes in and just falls the fuck down, and they use that take anyway. That's the one thing I know about the Martian. I didn't even know that. I've seen the film. 
anyways, they're talking about that. There's a lot of, like, characterization that happens through it. Masato blames herself. Ritsuko is, like, mad at her for it. Asuka is kind of mad about it, too. There's an exchange where she... Oh, she, yeah, Asuka's like, this is what he gets for acting so cocky. Even though he's like, you know, just because he won a test doesn't mean he's better at anything. And Ray's like, Ray yells at her. Not really yells at her. Ray can't. I don't think Ray physically can yell. But she's like, do you only pilot the Eva to get approval of other people? And then Asuka lies and says, the only approval I need is from myself. Um, so that's kind of an important scene. There's an exchange with Ritsuko and As and uh, Masato. I'm probably doing these a little out of order. But uh, Ritsuko says that they have a plan to salvage the Eva by just blowing the fuck up out of everything and pulling out whatever's left of the Eva. The plan is about saving the Eva and not Shinji. He, like, he's not important in the plan. Misato's like, hey, what the fuck? Why do you and Gendo care so much about that, like, about the Eva unit one? Like, what actually are the Eva units? And uh, Ritsuko kind of blows her off and says, like, you you know all that you need to know. Misato slaps her. And then she, uh, Ritsuko says, you know, if, if if Shinji dies, just know that it's your fault and then leaves. So that's super cool. It's I feel like it's important to say the moment where she where the slapping happens, where Masada slaps Ritsuko is when she says, like, recovering the Ava is important. The pilot's life is not is of no yes. consequence. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely why she's doing it. Ritsuko takes, like, full control of the operation and leaves. And at this point, I think we've already seen, like, one or two clips of Shinji in the void. Um, when he looks out of the Eva's, like, view thing, it's just oh, just whiteness. He refers to it as white noise, or at least the subtitles did. He He's in life support mode, which at one point Ritsuko says he'll have, like, 16 hours on. And by the time, when we see the first shot of him, he's already 10 have gone by. I think 10, 10 or 12. I don't remember. Uh, 12. It was 12. Oh yeah. Cause, oh yeah. Cause I was like, it's, it's four hours left. Quick maths. But he, he's in there. He's, he's, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to be dead in four or five hours. I'm kind of hungry. And it's just real depressing. And I think the third time we see him, that things start getting abstract. We start to really get visual representations of what's going through his mind as he's, I'm assuming, no longer able to breathe, starting to die, something happens, which is very interesting for me. I'll, I'll save a lot of my takes on it because, like, I actually know what's happening uh, to it, I, to the point where, like, I know what's happening. So I'm almost worried I won't analyze it as deeply because I'm just like, oh, yeah, this, this and this. Yeah. So I want to I want to make sure we talk about it a little bit. It also made me recontextualize the last time we saw something abstract with Ray. Um just like, oh, well, I feel like because I was I was worried that you might not like this because you didn't like the one before. And I thought, I feel like this one is completely justified by the episode because we have so much setup of, like, the situation he's in. So I'm like, I wonder if there's anything to think about that previous race sequence with that information. And I don't want to, we don't have to dig into it in this episode, but it's just a thing I'm throwing out there. Just, you know, just putting it on the table. You can leave it there. What else? And then, uh, so he goes through all these things. He has a conversation with his his inner psyche, is probably one way to phrase it. Uh, and his inner psyche's like he's like he asks it, "Who who are you?" And it's like, "I am you. I am Shinji." It's like on the Neverland pirate ship where Shadow a Shadow Sora's running around. Similar, I suppose. Uh, in that they both have Sora in their name, and these are both Shinjis. Uh, but the the voice in his head, which is like visually represented. There's one point where whenever Shinji that we know is talking is a horizontal line and his like inner psyche or whatever is a vertical line. There's some other like Gendo is like a weird angle and Masato's across there. Those are very quick, but uh, just when voices their memories play. But there's a point where they're in a long train where the Shinji in his head is represented as like himself as a child. And it took me a while to realize which was which, because one was a child and one was just Shinji that we see every day, um, or every episode. And it's just kind of also talk kind of a child. Yeah. And, well, yeah, teenager, but like noticeably like half the height. The one that we've seen in the that one frame of him crying as someone yeah. leaves. Baby Shinji. Baby, yeah, baby Shinji. Uh, the sweeping sensation on Twitter lately is baby Shinji. <laughs> they have a conversation about how like. Misato Lorian. 
yeah there's 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 all these there's all these different shinjis and everyone like everyone has a different shinji in their head which i really like that conversation yeah like in the way that they talk about that stuff and then what you are you are not like your your issues are not with the people there with these shinjis in their heads and shinji the actual shinji is like i just don't want to be hated by anybody which is the the same thing but the way that he views it then that continues he just kind of gets a flash of memories from the show some things we haven't seen before uh including a memory of like people talking about gendo killing his wife and like no and shinji's voice playing like no she was always smiling and i'm trying to think of like where there's one point where it says like you can't just sit like you can't just think over the good times and stitch them together and call it a, a good existence you know actual shinji is like yeah like yes i can everyone does this this is all i like i found something that makes me happy just let that be enough and i'm trying to think of where like if there's anything before that and like the ending of that sequence because it it ends with like cutting back to just the visual of him in the eva pod and then he like closes his eyes for like a long period of time but am am i missing anything specifically in like that abstract because it's very quick. There's a lot of visuals. This this is maybe the first time I'm going to be like, you should just watch it. If you don't, if you don't watch it when you listen to this podcast, this is like maybe one that I'm not going to do any justice. Yeah, I don't think you missed anything. I hope not. I very much enjoyed watching it. It it was a visual treat, and I I think I I like how it is discussing the topic that it's discussing. But anyways, he fucking dies. Uh, he closes, <laughs> he closes his eyes and for a, a the shot holds for so long that I was worried the kiss anime broke. Me too. I was, I was like, oh crap, do I tell Joe that my thing is frozen and we have to go back? Like, I was, yeah, I was, I was like, all right, the thing, the, the bar is still ticking. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust it. And I was right. A light shows up on the bottom left and we get, uh, the backdrop behind him disappears as he kind of like his fetal position kind of like goes in front of this red backdrop where a silhouette of a woman kind of goes over him and pushes him upwards. He says mother. And then we cut to essentially the Eva going berserk again and then tearing itself out of the angel. And when this started happening, like, uh, and the music kicked in, it's maybe the most hype I've ever been watching this show. Like, at least, like, this, like, watch through for the the podcast. And I can't say I remember much of, like, my excitement levels is a weird way to talk about it with this show. Uh, but... I mean, dance sequence. That's true. There, yeah, that's the thing. There's some stuff that's, like, cool. It, maybe with asterisks, because the show is this show. But, like, this one, I was just, like... It was, like... It was, like, awesome in the sense of the word that, like, I am in awe not necessarily this is cool just like it's like a, a trim- i'll say it, it was cool it was it, it is but like it's like in a terrifying way like this like watching this i was like fuck i need to watch shit and godzilla like today like i was like i i, I really want to like like just the visual of it is so like it is simultaneously triumphant but also knows how destructive and menacing it is yeah and uh, Ritsuko points it out if the viewer doesn't notice, uh, because she's like, "What? Like, oh, I can't remember her phrasing of it. I'm just gonna fucking pull it up." Okay, found it. Ritsuko says, uh, "What kind of monster have we copied from?" Uh, referring to the Evo One going berserk. Also, Asuka and Ray are there watching it because they're about to enact their own plan. And Asuka says, "Like, am I really piloting something like that?" Also, the Eva Ona one is fucking screaming again. Yeah. Which I don't think we've seen since episode two. Big dinosaur noises. Yeah. Uh, so that all happens. It's drenched in blood as it walks away from this. I don't know. I, they say that the thing above it is just the shadow, but then it bursts out of it like a physical form. So it's all just kind of surreal. Uh, but then it's fine. It walks out covered in blood. It's terrifyingly gorgeous. And... Then we get some 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 cuts of them like like we we get the y'all remember the scene where Gendo opens up the pod to to save Ray. We see that with Masato running into Shinji's pod after he's saved and being grateful that he's alive. 
we see Eva 01 being cleaned of its blood. And um, I don't remember who says it. I think it's Ritsuko. It's like, are these things really on our side? Yes. Yeah, because she's like standing with Gendo as they're cleaning off the blood. And she's worried that Masato might be figuring something out. Gendo says, don't worry about her. And then the last shot of the episode. Sorry that this has taken as long as it has. Uh, but it's uh, Shinji waking up in the hospital. That unfamiliar ceiling again. Maybe by now it's familiar. But Ray is helping, like, just just there. Uh, I don't really know what she's doing. But when he wakes up, she says, like, don't worry about, you know, anything today. We're taking care of everything. And she starts to leave. I think he says, like, okay, that's fine. And she says, like, the subtitles are like, that's good for you. Which sounds a little dismissive. Um, yeah. But what, the reason that's relevant is because, and I skipped over this, when Shinji, when when the silhouette of a woman goes over him and he recognizes it as her, we see what I guess is a memory of him getting either getting something from his mother or showing something to her and saying that this is like good or enough. And she says exactly that same sentence of that's good for you. And he hears it again from Ray. He seems to like notice that he's heard it before. I forgot about that. It seems to comfort him, I guess, in this moment. And then when she leaves, Ray, when Ray leaves, we see, like, the door opens and Asuka's, like, leaning in, eavesdropping, and then moves. Uh, I love the the color choices in this scene, like, the way they're so, like, desaturated, like, everyone is shaded differently. Um, love that. But then Shinji laughs at the the visual of Asuka hiding around the, the door, uh, chuckles to himself for a second, and when he pulls his hand up to his mouth doing that, he stops because his hand smells like blood, which is something he said in the pod as well, that it started to smell like blood. And that is in about that, that is longer and, and longer than it took to watch the episode. <laughs> I I described it to you. So there's that. It's good. I enjoyed it. Chris, how do you feel? Well, I've enjoyed making you wait uh, to find out my my take on the episode. Uh, disappointingly, my take is that it was also good. Cool. All right. End of the episode. Bye, everybody. <laughs> but up, up, but up. We could talk about why it was good. Uh, we could. I, I kind of interjected a lot of my thoughts into that recap, which is yeah. uh, what I want to do sometimes. But where do we dive in? Where to first? I mean, like, one of the first things that I noticed that I wanted to talk about was, like, the um the line where Shinji's, like, combat is a man's job. I was just like, that's weird. And, like, I was just like, where is that coming from like what do you think is going on in the story as of this point that has led to shinji saying something like that like when like, when, like when who, he... who has influenced that and what has influenced that because i don't think that it's necessarily shown to us in what has been happening it's so it must be like I don't, I don't know what to make of it i don't know it's i mean i feel like the describing what my brain connects the dots of just sounds like a stretch, which is just like, I don't know, Gendo's in, like, a highly respected person here. He thinks Kaji was kind of cool. I don't know, he's kind of the only guy that he works with regularly. That's what. That's why it's a weird comment, because, like, he's been on these, all these field missions where most of the people fighting with him are women. Yeah, and I wonder if, I don't know, if it's just, like, he is conditioned to... Like, he's like, well, I'm the only guy here, and I'm the the best at what I'm doing, so therefore... Or, like, he just thinks that's the norm, and now he's able to, like, be confident in that? I don't know. Yeah, it makes me wonder. It definitely does feel like, of all the people he could have gotten it from, it would be Kaji. But we just, like, haven't seen a lot of their actual interactions on screen, so it makes you wonder, like, if if they are spending more time that we're not seeing, or, like... Yeah, I don't know. Um... He's like, cause the thing is, like, he got the positive reaction from his dad that one time, but it's not like his dad also said, and now I think you're going into a fine man or something. Yeah, right, right. It's not like, the, it has not been this, like, gendered thing until he says that. I think so just, there's, there's a lot strange. of, there's a lot of gender in this show, but never, there is, never, never in a way that makes me think about, like, this specifically. Like, it hasn't necessarily. Yeah. Like, I think there's underpinnings of, like, Shinji's situation being tied to his masculinity. Like, maybe it's just 
like shit Asuka says that we have like that I've not paid attention to because I feel like all of it would have come from Asuka at this point just like aren't you um, aren't you a man why aren't you doing x and y and now that he's like actually that's true getting those top marks he's like well it's what men do right and he like struggles to turn a chair around as he sits on it backwards or something <laughs> yeah that's a good point I do think she has said things like that so that's my final answer is it's probably Asuka and that's that's yeah, who he's I arguing with, with in that scene too. So yeah, and I agree with that. And Masato is seems to have positive feelings for Kaji right now. So maybe he just thinks masculinity is cool. Masculinity's in right now. Who? Yeah, what a mistake. Yeah, and I, that's the thing. He's like that confidence immediately leads him to uh, act rashly against an angel and fucking die. Uh, although waiting for backup probably wouldn't have helped in this situation. Like yeah. I the only reason Asuka dodges the shadow when it comes for her is because she knows that she's already seen Shinji being sunk down. Like that's the reason she jumps in time. I don't think Shinji would have, like, in any different situation. But the timing of it will affect him mentally. Yes. Um. Speaking of him being pulled under, between the combination of the writing and the voice acting, Shinji being a scared kid in that moment is like one of the most effective portrayals of. Us being a scared kid I've ever seen. Yeah, and I yeah, and how quickly it goes from point A to point B because he's like, it's it's almost if 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 the if it was directed and scored differently, him saying like this is a man's job would come off as comedy, but it's not. It's just like his delivery of that sounds so not Shinji, and then how quickly it goes from like that to yeah, crying for Masato like he is actually dying. The performance is great, but also, yeah, it absolutely sells Shinji as the scared kid, which he often is. Yeah, like, the the calling out for, like, well, it's interesting, because it's, he calls out for almost everyone that he could in this scene, and later he calls out for, like, everyone, um, by name, and he's shrieking, and it's like... Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you who does Shinji's voice in the original animation. They're incredible. They're great. They're phenomenal. They're so good. But uh, I might as well just not bear to lead any further. In this scene, he's like Masato, Asuka, Ray, whatever. Maybe Ritsuko, I'm not sure. But then when I don't later, know. I know he says Masato a lot. Yeah. Later on, he calls for all of them again, Ritsuko, and then finally calls out Father, which is like a great little detail that like he, he like he calls out for that one last when it's gotten like the most dire. It's like a last ditch effort. And of mm-hmm. course it doesn't do anything. But Yeah. That's when he's like trying to open up his pod from the inside, but nothing's happening, which I think is like the second time we see him in the void. Uh, I'm not sure. But another detail that, that really helped sell the like scared kid angle of it was like the fact that like he, this is a simple thing that he says, like I'm, I'm hungry when he realizes he's going to die. It's like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. It's like my uh, yeah, because like the subtitles like my life will end in four to five hours, and then like yeah. after a beat, he's like I'm hungry, and then we cut yeah. away to something else. But yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a lot. It all feels like very realistic child suffering, which makes it hard to watch. Yep, that's that's the Evangelion promise. You'll relive your own trauma or your money back. There was a there was a lot of cool visuals in this episode like you already talked about you mentioned like the the cool thing where you're on like the black screen and the people speaking have different like patterns of white coming across the screen Which that is was cool particularly good considering it's the same voice actor doing shinji and shinji yeah it took me at like when, when they were in the train car which i believe a teenage mutant into turtles cartoon has referenced that tra- train car Oh, that's cool. It was a cool train car. It is, yeah. It's all, like, it's very, uh, I guess orange? It's very, like... Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, it's like always golden hour there. But, yeah, he... The the shot of actual Shinji, when you see his face head-on, it's, like, fisheye lens. Like, his head is huge in the frame. Yeah, it's all distorted, and, like, yeah, that's that stood out to me as well. Like, mm-hmm. funhouse mirror Shinji. Yeah, and then, then there's another wide shot that shows both Shinji and baby Shinji on two different sides of the train car. And yeah, that took me a yep. little bit to figure out which one they were pinning as which, but then it it gets very clear later on where like Shinji is yelling at his dad for leaving him and then we cut to a different angle where like the smaller baby Shinji is like standing behind 
actual Shinji yelling at him about like X and Y, him blaming himself for everything. Um, and it's like, is who who is the bad person here? It's like it's 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 your father for abandoning you. And it's like, oh, but it's it's me for for being abandonable. Uh, and it's just it really dives into like that childhood trauma and like the thought process that processes that go through like rationalizing being in that situation. Um, because I, I feel like Shinji too is like, everyone likes my dad. He's so good at what he does. I must be the wrong one. Like, what did I do? And I feel like he's, he's pretty consistently at odds with his dad being the bad guy and himself just being bad at something. And then over, he overcompensates for it by trying to be so good at these things. Um, I mean, that's, that's just the show. Yeah. Um, it, it really sounds like someone writing from deep personal experience like they have such a good handle on like the ways in which people in these situations think and feel Mm -hmm. it feels very legitimate as for your thing earlier asking about how i liked this scene compared to the ray one that i didn't like uh i liked this one and that's for like a few reasons one the visuals were actually interesting to me this time yeah Uh, two it was motivated by the plot of the episode like it made sense why we're in this weird and i don't really remember the last one maybe that one like there was like some attempt at making it feel like part it, of it but it, it didn't comes really out work of nowhere. for me as much it, it like yeah. it comes after an eye catch like in the recap episode um like realizing the context for this makes me rethink the context of the old one but like that's i don't, I don't know if that was intentional i don't know if the visual decisions being so plain was intentional compared to this one and that's just a conversation that like i don't there's no point in me having with you till you finish the show so yeah and then the third most important reason was just that like the actual written dialogue or monologue whatever you want to call the last one uh didn't feel like it was written by an obnoxious philosophy student who loves neutral milk hotel like if like i just liked the dialogue john green like the the last one yeah um, not to bury neutral milk hotel. I was just thinking of a very specific person in my life. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I get that. They're okay. I, if if someone said they were their favorite band, I don't know if I'd trust them, but they're okay. Yeah, but so yeah, no. This this sequence, even though it was like um you know abstract and whatever, this one totally worked for me. Mm-hmm. Had no problems with it. I thought it was great. It is, and it, and it's a really significant. It's a significant. Um, at first I was kind of looking for like what what new. What new are we getting from this? But it's it's important, and there is new information, like the thing about like his dad and maybe killing his mom and all that, but it's also really important because I feel like this is the first time, if not ever, at least in a while, that Shinji has had to like confront the way that he thinks he feels as opposed to just like existing with it as like the norm. Like, yeah, it's, this is, this it's is like, him grappling with it as he's, I don't know, dying, I guess. He's just, he, I mean, he's been a stuck in a pod unable to sleep or do anything for 16 hours he is he's in a rough spot whether he is you know whether these are his dying thoughts or not yeah so yeah no i yeah that was good stuff there's a there's the there's the also while we're talking on we kind of went off other directions too but while we're talking about visuals when they cut to the conversation between asuka and ray when they're kind of like when ray is like calling asuka out when she's like kind of shit talking shinji there's a moment where Asuka, like, steps closer to Rey, and, like, her eyes are glowing in the dark, and that was real, real cool. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. That, uh, just, like, a visual, yeah, I'm wondering what that visual decision really meant for Asuka. Because it's, like, yeah, she the way she steps is kind of in a shadow that, I don't think it's cast by Rey. Maybe it is? I don't know, like, the, the area they're in is kind of nondescript. It just kind of looks like a parking lot on a hill. But, uh, yeah. yeah, when she moves towards Ray, she is, like, entirely in something shadow, and you just see her eyes kind of glowing out of it. And I guess, yeah. now that I've said those words in a sequence, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, she does feel like she's in everyone's shadow. Like, that is just, like, she is constantly grappling with this inferiority complex and overcompensating for it by being an asshole. I also think, for me, that it, like, intensified the argument. Like, to to put her in this shadow where her eyes are glowing through it, and she looks kind of, like almost a little scary i feel like it adds some gas to that fire like mm-hmm. while they're like their argument is escalating like yeah yeah it's, it's not yeah it's, it's it's i think it's having a good connotation in that sense of just like th- that making her a meaner like more vicious person yes. yeah yeah and then obviously shinji's ava punching out of the venom ball and all the blood spray was awesome 
it's it's it was so it's so fun to it's watch. It's so much. Yeah. Love it is cool. Yo, yeah. Uh speaking of that moment, are you speak and also speaking of the unbearable uh kid in your English class, um do you want to hear my obnoxious English class reading of that moment? Sure. Um this is like a not completely coherent theory, but I'm just going to put it out there. Um you know, the whole thing is like he's going to die inside this thing and then he kind of like almost has this weird ethereal interaction with his mother and then he bursts out of the the circular angel that's keeping him trapped it's kind of like he's breaking out of a womb yeah it's like a it's like a mother thing and then he comes out of a ball and there's blood and like he's like reborn and like yeah i don't know that's my that's my uh neutral milk hotel kid uh reading of that moment yeah i mean that's i think that's very intentional though is 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 like the there's been a lot of in the past couple episodes sprinkles of of motherhood and birth imagery uh, ever since Oscar yeah. said one thing weird that we noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like uh, referring to the 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 plug being inside of Eva O One Shinji was it was it in O One or was it? I think it was in, when he was in Unit Zero. He likened it to yeah. a womb, or I think just Oscar said it, um, and that was kind of when the mother talk started happening. But yeah, and then like. This episode also reminded me that the uh, the power cables plugged into the Bank of Evas are just called umbilical cords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's really not a stretch at all. No, yeah, well, I, because I was like, I think I, didn't I read something like that on this fucking wiki page? Which, like, I had up and didn't really reference when I did my recap. It might have been uh, quicker if I did. But um, reading this from the wiki, it says, To everyone's utter horror, Unit 01 tears out of the sphere and bellows in a horrible parody of birth. Oh, there, yeah, there you go. Killing the angel. But yeah, yeah, it breaks out of it, blood goes everywhere, and it screams. And then, yep, yeah, there's like a trail of blood as it walks away. The Um, miracle of life. Yeah. What's this, uh, let me see if this analysis note is. I'm just glad that that, uh, everyone else is like, yeah, that's exactly what that is, because I always feel like a little bit of an asshole being like, oh, yes, it represents the body, and blah, blah, you know, like, I don't know, anytime you get to, like, that sort of, like, metaphor, you feel a little like an asshole. I mean, there are instances where readings can be, like, wrong. Like, you, like there are people who say things, and I'm like, you don't understand the text. But for the most yeah. part, I would say, like, it's at least deep enough for you to get that reading. Like, you know, if you were trying to say that, you know, a various Godzilla movie was, like, pro-destroying the environment, I'd say you probably don't understand the text, but... Yeah, or it's a bad Godzilla movie. Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I don't remember anything about the Matthew Project one. It might actually be that, now that I think about it. <laughs> I just remember that's a lot of fish. I don't remember that, but I, I, <laughs> something about you saying it, I'm like, I'm sure if I watched it, I, I'd know. <laughs> just tomorrow at, like, 4 p.m., I'm going to send you a video of Matthew Project saying that's a lot of fish from Godzilla 2000. Thank you. Yeah, the, the analysis section just kind of continues that thought of, it says, by extension, the scene evokes a baptism uh, the symbolic oh. washing away of sins after birth. And I'm like, I guess so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they spray down the Ava with, like, a big hose. Yeah. Or it's, wow, it's yeah, really a big wow. car wash because it's, like, not a singular water source. Yeah, which, yeah, I, I just remembered a line. I think Ritsuko says, like, what if the Evas hate us? Yeah. Um, Which, I don't know. I think we're... I, I, rewatching like, this episode, and I, I think I thought this before, I'm just like, I'm surprised at how much they really just tell you early on like this isn't really early anymore but it just kind of like there are some things later that i guess aren't as big reveals as they might feel if you're i don't know watching this as a kid or not paying close attention yeah but yeah they really they really plot stuff out maybe this is what i'll feel like when i watch knives out a second time i'll just be like oh yeah those these details are just there right um well and this one like they i mean they definitively well, not, like, entirely definitively, but they mostly answered a question we talked about before about the Avas. So they said they are not just copies of the first angel. So implying that the Avas are copies of the first angel, but they're somehow, they're more than that, too. I will say that that thought comes from Misato, who doesn't know what the fuck is happening. So oh, I think, I th- okay. so, like, not to say that that is wrong or anything, so much as it's, like, Misato thinks that. So it might be her sure. trying to piece it together. Yeah, God, I love that moment where Asuka is just, like, trembling watching it. It's like, am I piloting a thing like that? Like, just, like, yeah. the realization of how, like, how, just, like, a, a true, a true assessment of the Avas, and they're, they're not, they haven't just been this fun toy to show off in this whole time. They've always been this, like, 
brute monstrous force that could do this at any time like she just like actually has a respect for the thing in that moment yeah which is that's great that's like the most level-headed i think i've ever seen her like she's always on one one of two extremes of either being like overly confident or like just really down on herself like in like the depressive states um either this or the one time she talks to masada about the the fucking bathhouse or like the two times where she seems to just be a person yeah, well, and it's awesome, too, because it's, like, it's it's surrounded by, like, all the episode up to that point is, like, her being a shithead. And then there's that moment where she's, like, scared straight, and then it ends with her being a shithead again with the perfect moment of when Masato is, like, clutching Shinji after they save him, and she's crying. He, I mean, he said himself, but, like, after Masato's, like, on him and crying, Asuka's in the door, like, didn't you say you were gonna punish him? Like, it's so good. Like, she didn't learn anything. It's great. Like, she's mm-hmm. just, like, uh, yeah, I love Asuka. She's, yeah, she's fascinating on a rewatch because there's a lot of episodes where i'm just like will you will you stop being the way that you are and then like it kind of sinks in more i'm just like the value of her being that way brings to the story sometimes she's a proxy for the audience too which is interesting so i feel like she asks questions that like an audience would yeah um and it's like you know you know like i see you're saying on the one hand if you're treating this like real people that you would know Mm -hmm. like yeah she'd be insufferable but also like on a show on just like a show watching level she's just fun like her like being like a a snotty little brat like that it's like i thought you were gonna punish him like not cry that he's still alive you know it's so good like she's just so like yeah i feel like there's a lot of things where like that scene in particular or just like i feel like she just draws things into attention a lot yeah because i feel like there's times where she's just like had a conversation that is in itself an analysis of the text she exists in where like in the beginning of this episode where she just like why are you this way and this way and this way? Is it a result of this trauma and this trauma and this trauma? Like, yeah. And it's, and it's played out like it's, it works for her. Cause she's just an obnoxious character. Like her, her desire to pick fights and be the center of attention and cause conflict is like driving. It's been driving the narrative since fucking episode seven. So yeah, that, eight. You, you bring up a, you bring up a good point because, like, you're right. Like, it, with other characters and other things, or even other characters in this same show, it would have felt heavy-handed to have someone telling Shinji, "Like, you're always apologizing. You think that that's the solution to all conflict and blah blah blah." Like, but like Oscar saying it totally fits. I didn't even question it. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this person would like notice your little like flaw and like pick it apart and throw it in your face and like yeah, like that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, it's um, it's a good episode. Yeah, I think the only other thing that I uh, want to say before we uh, move on out of this uh, is uh, I'm excited about the, the next episode plug because it makes me ask the question, is the cool basketball player Toji the fourth child? All right. And on <laughs> that note, <laughs> episode 17 is certainly next. There's only like 10 episodes left, right? I'd have to do I think nine? 17. We're racing to the finish, Joe. 17 through... 26 i think racing as quickly as a show can being every two weeks (laughs) yeah but yeah we we, we're getting we're we're in the back third for sure um and our our plans are to do that and then watch end of evangelion uh i think there might we might take a like a, a breather in between the end of the show and end of evangelion watch ratatouille uh yeah fuck that movie's good I'll be crying for a different reason. I don't know if we'll go straight from End of Eva into the rebuilds. There might be something different between those. I also don't know if we'll be capable of podcasting immediately after watching it. So I really know a lot of things are just up in the air for 2020 right now. Y'all are really hyping this up as like a, a huge distressing I thing. Just, I like th- I. <sighs> it's like I can't imagine not being able to podcast after I watch it, but I don't know what's coming and y'all do. So like, I don't know. I don't want to like hype it up so far that you're like, Oh, it's just this or or (laughs) make it like seem terrifying or anything so much as I just think regardless of, I feel, I feel like just time to compress, like decompress is probably good. Sure. But I, yeah, it will probably just decide afterwards and just be like, Hey, do you want to record or do you want to come back in like an hour or something or whatever? But yeah. Let's go look at kiss anime ads together. Oh yeah, that'll that'll <laughs> unwind. Oof, that'll certainly make it worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Just thinking out loud now. I'm surprised this episode yeah, wasn't uh, longer, but I think I got a lot of I got a lot of my thoughts out in the recap. So yeah. 
Oh, I forgot that there's... I just was reading this from the recap. I forgot that they actually do explain how the fucking bullshit angel works, which I almost don't care about. Because it is... Yeah. I'm like, sure, yeah, it's a void. It's a... It goes into another dimension. But they, like, explain all of it away with math and science in, like, 30 seconds. And I'm just like, yeah. cool. I was like, you had me at Zebra Ball. I didn't need any explanation. Yeah. It was just cool. It's just a cool-looking mm-hmm. monster thing. It, yeah, it's interesting that, like, Evangelion does in some... Like, it'll do this abstract visual or conceptual shit and then ground it in this technology, which I... Could it could ruin it? It doesn't though. It doesn't do any like it doesn't yeah. sour it at all for me. And I think in some instances, this one not necessarily. This one's just kind of ancillary. But uh, there are some instances where I think it strengthens it to to root it in what is causing it or how it happens. Just because yeah, and and like again, like this is like something that we could. These, these are thoughts I'm having watching it a second time, especially this episode, being like, oh, yep. I understand what I'm looking at, even though it's not showing me what I'm looking at. But I do think there's there's a lot of instances where the what's actually happening and what they're abstractly showing to demonstrate something else. I think there is a lot of good crossover in terms of like the like the the themes are the same in both things, and I can't be more specific. It, like yes, yeah. like without just saying this 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 and this is why. But right, yeah. I wish there could be an episode after we finish the show where you, like, compile a bunch of clips from when you were, like, hinting at stuff like that, and you get to, like, tell me what you meant by it at the time. It's like, oh, and then here, I was talking about this theme here, and blah, 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 uh, like, I knew that this meant this because of my other time watching the show. Um, like, yeah. I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> Although, like, I think it would be, I think, if, like, the thing is, I don't know if I would take the time to compile that. Um, But there yeah. is uh, Evangelion, I think, fuck, I don't know what it's called. There's like a recap movie of the show that is different than like the recap episode. I've never seen it because I was just like, well, I've seen the show, but we could hypothetically do that and then just be like, oh, I now have quantum text for X and Y. But I don't know. I don't think it's necessary. I think I think watching the rebuilds will be enough. (laughs) Yeah. Or I could just say, hey, remember this or remember that and it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Which I just did with the fucking like. Remember that abstract thing Ray did? I'm thinking about that now. Uh huh. Anyways, I do think I think that's the episode. Me too. So thanks for listening, dear dear listener. Um, I th- this is the first time we've recorded since Extra Life, so I'll just say thank you again. Yeah. Oh, you mean since I killed an angel? You did first that. time recording since I killed an angel. Damn. Yeah. Damn. I don't even know what this show is so like. They're acting like it's so hard. I did it. <laughs> you, all right. Uh, we we played the Neon Genesis Evangelion 64 game. Uh, unfortunately, the first, like, couple hours of the stream is lost, so you just have to trust us. Uh, but the, the 64 game is very difficult. We only, we didn't get a lot of time with it, just because, like, you can only go to brick wall so many times. But, uh, we, we took turns, <laughs> and then I stopped taking turns, and Andrew started taking turns instead of me. Uh, but you were the one who beat the first level, and, and then no one could beat level That's two. Right. No one yeah. could beat the weird tongue angel. <laughs> it's not an easy game. It's bullshit. The knife is so small. It's a really small knife, and it has has these like, ex- like th- this is this is just us as Shinji now. Like, our, my knife is so small, <laughs> but its whips are so long. Yeah, it's like, Dad, give me a sword. Honestly, I mean, he had a gun, and then it got destroyed immediately. It didn't do anything. I God, I just remembered the visual of like the unit of one being fucking yeeted into the the hill <laughs> and just kept happening over and over again. It was great. Yeah, Chris killed an angel. Uh, I did not. So Chris is. Uh, Chris has this higher synchronization rate than I do. <laughs> and uh, I am number one. Yeah, and then you immediately got hoisted on your petard and got sunk into the the shadow that is level two uh, that no one could beat. So <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But then I got to hang out with my mom, so that was it was, wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the episode. And thanks thanks again for coming out to extra life, making all that. All those goals hit, uh, such as yeah. Champs in the Making is now a a free public podcast that you can go listen to if you want to. If you want to hear various hosts from the Orange Groves get together and uh, shit talk Pokemon with a bracket, a randomized bracket. It's a fun time. That's That's the overarching plugs done. Now I will say, Chris, where are you on the internet? 
Joe, you can find the fifth child on Twitter <laughs> at Topher Disgrace. No! Don't do it, Chris. <laughs> I killed the Ava. I, now I'm addicted to the thrill of victory. Damn. Um, Can't wait to hear what the plugs yeah, sound you, like next time. The the plug suit. Um. Yeah. No. You can. Uh. You can find me at Topher Disgrace, where I tell you all about the the movies I watched over my Thanksgiving break, and uh, that's what my Twitter looks like right now. But I'll also uh, eventually be be plugging stuff again. I'm sure that I do. Yeah, I feel like I pretty much just tweeted about movies lately too. <laughs> I've just seen so many of them. Anyways, you can follow me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. And I make a bunch of other podcasts that you can all find at theorangegroves.com. Also on the website, you can find a link to the Discord. Uh, the Orange Groves Discord that you can join and uh, chat about, you know, this show, other things, other shows. Uh, I've been using the the movie room to post my uh, my Star Wars takes as I've been wrapping up my rewatch. Since fucking Rise of Skywalker comes out this month, I accidentally bought 3D tickets to see it instead of just regular tickets. So I hope that's good. Apparently, Force Awakens is really good in 3D, though. So I don't know. I'm not not a 3D person myself. I I've enjoyed a 3D movie. I enjoyed uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 3D, but I'm also one of the few people who like that movie to begin with. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm out of plugs. That's it. Take me out, Coach. Hey. Get out of here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think sometimes we you say you can, podcast over. you can you can tweet about the show with hashtag NervousRexPod. That's it. Please rate and review on iTunes. Bye. <laughs> we'll play basketball next you time. Fuck you out. Uh, yeah, I'm sure the next episode will just be a nice jaunt with with some hoops. Surely. Yeah. We'll find out in two weeks. See you then. Farewell. Jory, have you ever watched the anime called One Piece? Yeah, Joe. I watch for a podcast that we do. What? You know, we are watching One Piece. I started watching it so you could rewatch it, and then we talk about it sometimes. I have have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we don't do it super frequently. Once a month at best. Did you forget? We analyze the story and discuss the show's themes, characters, compare it to other media, and how it provides an allegory for real-life politics and events. I I must have forgotten. What? Where can I listen to remind myself? You can listen at the Orange Groves Podcast Network or search for We Are Watching One Piece in your favorite podcast app. What's a podcast? <laughs>